What if you had a guide who could tell you how to bridge a gap between who you are today and who you're destined to be? What if each week you could hear a story of someone who has tried and succeeded, or perhaps tried and failed, but learned something in the process? Limitless Spirit is a weekly podcast where host Helen Todd interviews guests about topics and personal stories on defining life's purpose, pursuing personal growth, and developing a deeper faith in Christ. I always thought that there is a problem in me. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not good enough. Everything is my fault. I wanted to do everything possible to please my parents and please God because I thought that God doesn't think I am good enough. But when I heard those words that God loves me, I got almost hypnotized by that word that God loves me. I was just sobbing. I bowed my head down. I said, God, thank you so much for loving me. I didn't know that you love me. Masuma Macfield was a devout Muslim who thought faith was about trying to please a God who was constantly displeased with her. I'm Helen Todd, and Dr. Masuma Macfield is my guest on this episode of the Limitless Spirit podcast. Her story is heartbreaking and beautiful at the same time. She shares how, while in medical school in Bangladesh, she met Peter, the love of her life, and through him, she met God who knew and loved her. Masuma will also share about her childhood, the trauma of going through sexual molestation, and why she tried to earn God's favor and approval. Her testimony is a brilliant example of how experiencing God's love can heal and transform anyone. I hope you enjoy listening. Hello, Masuma. Welcome to the Limitless Spirit podcast. I'm so excited to be here with you. Well, I am excited to share your story. I loved hearing it on our mission trip together to Mexico. Loved watching you and Peter do medical medical missions as a couple. How exciting it was to see husband and wife, both doctors, both working together for the Lord. Oh, it was just the most beautiful experience. We have had such tremendous experience, but honestly, I was very nervous before I left. I was in tears at times. I didn't want to leave my children at home all by themselves. My practice, my patients, I had a lot of worries, you know, but um, God used me. All glory goes to God. He used us. He took us there and he used us for those people. I was, I'm just beyond, you know, like joyous, like to be able to share that time with you all and also with the people in those communities. And you specifically were absolutely an answer to prayer because we ended up having so many kids in that clinic in Mexico and even infants. And if we didn't have a pediatrician like you, I don't know how we would have handled that. So God really knew what he was doing. when he called you to come on this trip. So I'm so thankful that you had the faith and the obedience to respond to this call. But you have a very interesting backstory, and I am excited to share it and uh, can't wait to dive into it. So 
you and Peter were both born in Bangladesh. Yes, uh, Peter and I were both born in Bangladesh. And we came to the States when we were 23 years old. Now, you come from very different backgrounds because Peter was born in a generationally Christian family, and you were born in a Muslim family. It's an interesting story how you met, and we get to that. But tell me, what was your life like when you were growing up? I was born to a very affluent family. My father was an engineer, not only an engineer, he was big into real estate. He had a lot of investments, many other businesses. I have never experienced any any um, like poverty to like anything, any problem in life. You know, everything was good, everything was great. I was always sent to a really good school, like the top schools and top, you know, educational institutes. I was very competitive. I always uh, wanted to give my best, do my best. And everything that uh, my family was ready to do for me, I was on board with them. Uh, It was wonderful, wonderful time. Like, you know, we um, had really good relationship, my mom, my dad, and my one sister and one brother. And so how, at what point did you feel the calling to become a doctor? I think since my childhood, like very young age, like, you know, when I was in even like in a first grade or second grade, my, my father, you know, like probably instilled that in my heart, that service and like serving, you know, mankind is a very noble profession. And, you know, probably I should think about that because he wanted to be a doctor and he ended up you know, going to engineering school. I think he had a regret why that he didn't go to medical school. So uh, he instilled that in my heart and brain. And I, I always thought that I would become a doctor. But um, when I was in ninth grade, incident happened that changed our family's life. It was my 15th birthday. On my birthday, my 17-year-old brother uh, passed away after he suffered only nine days he was diagnosed with leukemia at the very last stage and he passed away suddenly on my 15th birthday and that changed our life and at that time in late 80s medicine and medical field in bangladesh that wasn't that advanced and we didn't have any relative anybody in our family who was a doctor who could help us in navigating the treatments or anything so I, after he passed away, I knew for sure that I wanted to become a doctor. And there was no doubt that I would be something else. You know, after I passed high school, I, would, I, I was sure that I was going to go to medical school. Now, faith was an important part of your life. How did you, how did you see God? How, what was your relationship with God like? I've been thinking about this for a while. I have a little story that I want to share about me that I probably haven't shared with too many people. Only thing I kept telling everybody and sharing everybody that I cared about faith starting at a very young age. I was doing the namaz and the fasting and the the charities. Like I had such, you know, like a devoted heart for that 
though my parents or my family never, you know, like pressurized us, they never forced us to do this. They encouraged us very gently that, oh, and just, you know, like saying this way, you should be doing this more or, you know, like praying more, um, you know, like be a godly person. But uh, among all the kids in the family, I was the one, I would never miss any prayer. I would never miss any fasting. I think starting in even second grade or third grade. And every morning I would start my day reciting the Quran and reading few verses. Otherwise, I thought that, you know, my day won't go well. And in every aspect of my life, I wanted to please Allah. Like I wanted to do so much, you know, like for him, like I was, I was doing everything possible to please him. And I, I didn't think about it till maybe recently, you know, till last few years, like, you know, why? I became the kind of child I was. My my father was a marine engineer, so he used to serve overseas, you know, a lot. And my mom would just, you know, go and visit him like in many other countries. Like he would just leave me and my sister with our grandparents or uncles or aunts or um, with kind of like anybody, like neighbors sometimes. And since I have had like sense of, being a human or, you know, that I remember that I knew I exist as a human. Like I probably have suffered, you know, molestation, like to the extent, like, you know, just that I feel like, like nobody probably has ever suffered anything like that. You know, just, you know, like, because my parents would always travel and they will just drop us off, you know, for sometimes weeks to even months with our grandparents. And our grandparents had, they, they had a busy, busy life. There were people coming and going. They would have, you know, like guests who will stay and not stay. So since, I don't even know, like maybe since I was two, three or four years of age, like, you know, I was repeatedly, numerous times molested by so many people, I I have developed, I think, you know, such insecurity, such fear about life. I don't know, like, you know, what was it? Like, you know, even as an adult, as a physician, looking back, my, looking back at myself um, as a young child, like, you know, I think, you know, that probably that made me the person, you know, like who I was, like, you know, I wanted to do so well in life. I wanted, you know, like that recognition from my parents, like, you know, here I'm, I'm here. Like, you know, just, you know, look at me. I take, you know, love me. I was, you know, like doing everything possible to please my parents, to please God, because I think I started to develop that, that see like a severe, you know, like chronic disease of feeling insecure about myself. So you couldn't share with anyone. Did you ever share with your mom or your, your family members about being molested or you couldn't? No, I couldn't. Like, you know, at that time, I don't think kids have any, any voice. I don't even remember that I used to speak much. Like, I think I became a very quiet person. And everybody loved that because I was a quiet person. I won't complain about anything. So my relatives, my grandparents, they used to love me because I was a quiet person. 
So I don't think, you know, I had even any voice to share anything. I shared these things as an adult, like in my 20s with my parents. And at that time, my mom, you know, like my mom was just almost like yelling at me, though I was 28 years old, mother of two kids, you know, once not, you know, like complaining to her, like, you know, how could you leave us, you know, like that way. And I just, you know, shared her like, you know, what, you know, like brought me close to God. You know, I just wanted to let her tell her. She was so upset. She thought that I was lying. <laughs> she thought that I will just, you know, I'm making up stories, you know, like against you, like, you know, people like, you know, just because a lot of them are related to her. So her family. So I, you know, I, you know, that's, you know, how probably, I don't know, like how people in the past processed, you know, this information. And, you know, like as a child, I was so focused on my life and education and, uh, like, I don't think, you know, like as a child, I had any desire to express these things because I think I was, you know, like just too focused on working hard and pleasing everybody around me. So was your relationship with God then similar to your relationship with your parents? You felt like you had to please him, like you had to work hard and do all these things just to please him. Was there at at any point that you felt that you were actually loved by God or it was a very distant relationship? I thought, I always thought that there is a problem in me. There is like, I'm not pretty enough. I'm not good enough. I have to prove a point. I always, you know, like felt like anything wrong would happen around me. Like is everything is my fault. Everything is, you know, like, you know, due to me. Like if, you know, my friends are moving on to, so, you know, like on with somebody else, you know, like I was thinking like, oh, maybe I wasn't nice enough to her. Maybe I should have done this. I should have done this. So that disease of insecurity and self-doubt and the the inferiority complex, like you know, that was, that became kind of the motivation probably like, you know, behind, I wanted to do everything possible, you know, like above and beyond to please my parents and please God, because I thought that God doesn't think I am good enough. And, you know, like my parents also don't think that I'm, you know, good enough for them. It was just a disease like that was, that was kind of like, you know, started to develop inside me. So fast forward to you in the medical school and you meet this young man that is very different from anyone you've met before. How did you um, even get to know each other? So it was a like funny story. I knew about him a little bit because there was one Christian girl in my school. She would talk about this cute and handsome guy who used to go to the same church and she would just, you know, like tell us stories like, yes, I saw him. And, you know, this is, you know, I, uh, there's a guy in our church who comes, he's, you know, kind of cute and we'll see like, you know, what happens. Like I never talked to him. Maybe I someday will talk to him. His name is Peter. So when I first saw Peter in medical school and we, uh, my other friends and I asked him, you know, what he found out that he's Peter, the first you know, question I asked him so are you the same Peter that Dorothy always used to you know, talk about? So it was funny, actually, like, you know, that he was surprised. He was like, he had no idea that, you know, like, you know, girls, you know, in his church would talk 
about him to their friends in Canada. He didn't school. realize he was popular. <laughs> so that's um, the first encounter. And, you know, it was just friendship at the first sight. We became really good friends, you know, not, not only with him, like him and me, like, you know, just some of my good, you know, friends, like girlfriends and Peter and his few friends, like we became like a, you know, like in you know, a nice group of, you know, kids, like always like hang out, you know, study together, go to places together and just, you know, we used to hang out together a lot. And my uh, parents' house was very close to the medical school. So my friends would just come to our house, you know, like in my mom, I know my parents will prepare a meal for them. So we became like really, really good friends. Was it a problem for you that he was a Christian? At first, we didn't even realize that we like each other. So, you know, like the friendship, you know, like started to grow a little bit deeper. And then we started to feel uh, special for each other. But we, you know, had a very straightforward conversation that you are a Christian, I'm a Muslim, and we are just friends and nothing will ever happen. And in 90s in Bangladesh, like, you know, kids didn't date, like, you know, they had to know before they will hang out with anybody, they had to know if this could, you know, like, you know, end up, you know, like in a relationship, like a permanent relationship. If there was any difference or any doubt that that friendship will not be successful, you know, and end up in marriage, then, you know, like we never pursued anything. So Peter and I had a very, you know, like straightforward conversation, like, we are just friends, you know, like we like each other, but, you know, that's pretty much it. You know, like, you know, nothing will ever happen between us. And so what, what was the turning point in that relationship? So when the relationship was kind of growing a little bit more, I thought if Peter becomes Muslim, then the problem solves, like, you know, we can be married. And Peter thought probably that if Masuma becomes Christian, the the problem solves. And then, you know, one day in the library, we are studying, you know, our, like just our medical, you know, study. And uh, we just, you know, like shared, like, why don't we share about our faith to each other? And then he drew a picture, like, you know, here is God, Jesus, Holy Spirit. And, you know, he tried to explain, you know, the relationship between them. I kind of in my mind and in my heart, I, I'm just kind of laughing. I was just, you know, like thinking like, oh, this guy knows nothing about God. And then I tried to explain my faith. I just said, I pray, I do this, I do that. And this is, you know, like um, all about Muslim religion. And then, you know, we both were like very short. We both were 22 years old at that time. I, I don't know how much we knew about our own faith to be able to share with somebody else. So that probably was the turning point. Like we just thought that like we should be a little bit more curious about, you know, like his faith. And he thought maybe he should become a little bit more curious about my faith. So one day he gave me information of a revival meeting. He said, Masu, I couldn't explain Christianity that much to you, but I would like you to listen to this couple who are Christian preachers, but they just share their life. They had a very like awful life. They had, they had everything going on wrong in their life. The guy, he was doing a lot of antisocial um, activities, but 
you know, somehow God got hold of them and their lives changed. And that's the message they share with, you know, like people, you know, like, and they travel and they go to places and share these, uh, this um, life-changing experience to people. So at first I wasn't sure if I wanted to go and I, I didn't even know what to expect where I was going. I, and Peter you know, said that he won't take uh, me with him because he doesn't want to make it look like I, he was trying to convert me or anything. So I just, he just said, if you're curious, you can go. It's totally up to you. So I asked one of my you know, girlfriends in medical school if she wanted to go. So, you know, one of my friends who was a little bit more open-minded, she said, yes, I will go with you. So uh, her and I, we went to this place and I have never seen probably a gathering like a, like that. You know, there were like, you know, several hundred Christian people gathering in a church. I have never been to a church, so I didn't even know that that was kind of a church activity. So we just saw there were a lot of people and there were like a lot of, long benches in that place so we found to a corner to sit down and we're just looking around curious and this um, couple you know from a stage from a pulpit they're talking in Bengali they're saying something and not a single word went through our mind or heart or we didn't even know what they were talking about they were you know like preaching in Bengali like you know, I think they were sharing um, verses from Bible and they were explaining and they were teaching, but nothing made sense to us. So we, my friend and I were thinking we should just leave this place because we were just a little uncomfortable, you know, like uh, with that many people in a, in a place that, you know, that was so unfamiliar to us. I was about to leave with her. All of a sudden I hear that the female preacher, she's saying, God loves you. Do you know that? God loves you. And that was the first thing I heard after, you know, like sitting there for a couple hours. And when she started to talk about God's love, I don't even remember like exactly what else she was saying. But when she said like, you know, a couple, you know, sentences like God loves you. He knows you. He knows you personally. He doesn't care what has happened in your past, what your current situation is, what's going to happen in your future. He wants to have a relationship with you. And he wants you to know that he loves you. Like the way she said, and I don't know that the voice or that God's love, for a moment I felt like there was no one sitting there. It was just me and I could feel God and God's presence for the first time and the love of God. I felt like there is someone who loves me already and I don't need to work so hard to please him. Actually, at that time, there was a situation. I was doing so many special prayers and asking Allah to get that uh, emotion towards you know this guy you know, who is Peter, who is a Christian, I, I thought I was, you know, like sinning, thinking about a guy. I was just doing so many special prayers, asking Allah to get this guy out of my life somehow. Somehow all my emotional will go away. My feelings will go, you know, like go away, like, you know, about this guy. I was just, you know, like beating myself up, like, you know, just, you know, like asking help from Allah that please help me. I will do a hundred times of this prayer. I will 
do those three days long, you know, closed door prayers. I will do anything that you want me to do. You know, just I want you to know that if you don't get this guy out of my life, then you're going to lose me. I don't want to, I don't want to leave my faith. I don't want to leave anything that I know what is right. So when sitting at the revival meeting, when I heard those words that God loves me, I got almost hypnotized by that word that God loves me. And I felt like everything around me was vanishing and I wanted to have a relationship with God. I started to sob and my entire life was, you know, coming in my mind and I was just seeing a vision like a like kind of a movie. Like every little bit of my life was just, you know, co- you know, coming through my mind and I was just sobbing. I bowed my head down and I'm just sobbing and sobbing and so I said God, thank you so much for loving me. I didn't know that you love me. I had no idea you love me. I was trying so hard to please you, but thank you so much for loving me. And that was the first time ever I felt God's love in my life. And, you know, like I don't even know how long I cried and I just felt a hand on the back of my, uh, on my back. And I don't know if somebody next to me sitting, like, you know, was trying to comfort me because I was just probably shaking and the tears were flowing, like, you know, in like, you know, 10 streams from my both eyes. My heart melted, I I should say. I, you know, I felt like I wanted to live a life worthy of God's love. You know, your story is just so powerful. I, I, It was just giving me chills when you were sharing it because there is nothing more powerful than that awareness, awareness of God's love in a person's life. And I don't care where that person is at that moment or who they are, what they're doing, what they're believing. Once that awareness hits you, like you said, you it just melts your heart. And I, I, it just, uh, it's, it's the most powerful story. Well, your life did not become instantly easy. In fact, it became more complicated. <laughs> and, and the things that you had to give up and, and sacrifice to that experience are far greater than what an average Christian here in the United States can even imagine or experience. Was it worth it? Hundred percent, you know, worth it. Like, but it was a lot of painful time that you know I had to go through by being rejected by all friends, by rejected by parents and family. Though, like, a lot of relationships, I you know, like, got back. Thank God for that. But the times of rejection and hatred and the loneliness. Did you feel that? The Lord filled for you the things that you lost? He did, you know, but, you know, like all the loneliness of, you know, like the as a, as a human, like, you know, just having no friends, no family. And, you know, the, the walk the, that God, you know, led us into, like that's now looking back, it's amazing. That's just, I would not trade that for anything else. He gave us beautiful children. We were able to complete our medical education. Just uh, like it was a total surprise. He even offered us uh, a, a visa to come to the States, you know, completely legally. And it's just, you know, like, you know, so many doors, you know, like opened up. 
so many doors closed. But, you know, like in in every aspect, you know, like when we were able to keep our heart calm and see God's hands, like, you know, he was always there. You know, the the the, the story of the Old Testament, like, you know, how God, God brought the Israelites, like from uh, Egypt, and he was, you know, like, you know, just he had the the cloud over them, you know, like that was giving them, you know, shades. And, you know, like that story, like when I first time I heard it, like, you know, that I could relate to that, like, you know, so much. I just thought that God, you know, brought me out of, you know, a life, but he has always been there. Like, you know, though it wasn't, you know, like, you know, always like comfortable for me as a human, but, you know, like, you know, the why he chose me, why he has been so good to me, and good to my family. So, so much blessings, you know, like, you know, I just, I still, I cannot fathom. Like, you know, Peter and I both were able to become physicians in the States and the doors he opened, you know, like, you know, to get into residency and find a place to live and find friends and find uh, like people in the community. Like, it's just blessings upon blessings upon blessings. Like, you know, just um, like wonderful, wonderful life. And I only thing I would say that, you know, I'm just, you know, thankful, thankful to God. The theme of our series is change lives, change lives. So in that vein, I have to ask, did you feel like you were able, that life-changing experience that you had at that moment, did you feel like you were able to share that with someone at some point and impact their life? Or is this something you're comfortable sharing? For a very long time, I didn't even know how to share the experiences that I had. And I thought my experience was so unique, so different, so weird. Who will ever understand exactly what has happened? Like I, the, whole, the my entire family knew that to be married to Peter, I left my Muslim religion. I converted to Christianity because most of the people around me, my family, my friends, they're Muslims. And anybody who comes to Muslim faith, there is a process of becoming Muslim. You And they thought, they always thought that I became Christian, you know, like there is a conversion happened in like, you know, Christianity, like the, at the same process. So the encounter with God and, you know, that relationship that, um, God himself establishes with a human, who will believe that? You know, like it's just such a foreign concept. You know, even I had never heard anything like that, you know, before I had that encounter. And since that day that I experienced, you know, like at that church or that in that meeting, right after that, I didn't stop really praying, you know, the way I was praying to Allah. And I didn't stop, you know, like doing my namaz. I didn't stop you know, reading the Quran, you know, because at that time I just wanted, I gave my life to God, but I had no nothing else in my mind that is going to be a conversion experience or something. So later God, you know, like in a work, kept working in me and he revealed a lot more. And, you know, I would say just rest of his history, so much more, you know, he brought in my faith and in um, my life, you know, and, um, the story goes on and on. That experience uh, that I had um, and I, the journey that I was going through, 
in last probably maybe over last 15 years or so i have prayed to god that you know like he will open up people's heart that i could share this experience maybe you know like somebody else will experience the same you know the type of experience and they will be able to relate you know, to me so i you know shared this you know experience with a lot of my relatives i tried to share this with my mom my dad but at you know that point it, it didn't look like it meant anything to them or it made sense to them uh, i don't think even they they understood like you know you know like you know there a little bit of that like you know so and even like in my now you know like at this point like you know i just feel like any any so many people are coming in my life you know like i it's, it's a joy it's my it's it's it, it gives me the most joy when i am able to share god's grace god's work in my life and i can share you know, the journey that god has has been leading us into i i think i i want to you know like say it right just off the top of my head i can think of so many people who could benefit from hearing your story and you know the the most important moment of it is you realizing god's love because it's such a genuine experience and and when a person listens to your story they recognize that it is genuine and i don't know of a person in this world who would not want to have what you had right there and it doesn't matter whether you see the results of it immediately or visibly what counts is that when you share that story you plant seeds and these seeds are bound to produce results and and heaven keeps count of that one day you're going to know in heaven the impact that you made by sharing it but i'm personally very grateful that uh the lord connected uh our ministry and chuck and i personally with you and peter and i just look forward to what he's going to bring out of this friendship and our ministry partnership. So thank you so much for coming on this podcast and being so brave and courageous in sharing your story. Thank you so much. Masuma's story is a great example of how simple it is to share Christ with others. We don't have to persuade people. Sometimes it is simply enough to invite them. No words can match the impact of someone experiencing God's love. It melts the hardest of hearts. You know, I'm so very thankful that you listened to this podcast. If you can think of someone that might enjoy hearing it too, would you consider sharing it with them? Another way you can help support us is by leaving a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. I plan to do a follow-up interview with Masuma as well as with her husband, Peter Mackfold. I think there's so much more to their story. Until then, keep tuning in for more inspiring interviews. I'm Helen Todd. Limitless Spirit Podcast is produced by World Missions Alliance. We believe that changed lives change lives. If you want to see your life transformed by Christ's love, or if you want to help those who are hurting and hopeless and discover your greater purpose in serving Christ through short-term missionary work, check out our website, rfwma.org, and find out how to get involved.